welcome to the C3 Camden podcast. For more information about our church, please visit www.c3camden.church. We are so thrilled that you're listening today and we hope you enjoy the message. Mick, great to be here with everyone today. And uh, I love that we sang about um, that Firm Foundation song, even though um, we lost the, Paul lost the string and... But it wasn't it cool to see the Stonebridge family band today? <laughs> are you guys, do you guys do that at home? Do you just like, you just sit around and play music together and are you going to do a band? You should do a family band. What was that old family band called? Um, that, that, what was that family band that was in Australia in the like 70s? Partridge? No, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Anyway. Whenever I see, whenever I go to the op shop, I like, I, I, I like going to look at old um, album covers and try and find a funny one. And then I send it to some of my kids, depending on what, what it is, and say, hey, I didn't know you had a new album out. <laughs> and I like it anyway. Or if there's a, like, a family band, I'll go, hey, hey, they finally <laughs> put up. Anyway, sorry, it's just our silly humour. But um, it is, um, but I'm glad we sang that song and... Um, you know, about Firm Foundation and as has been said, you know, prayed by, by Paul here today and mentioned by Ali, it's been challenging, certainly challenging times and uh, even, you know, you know, with the floods again this week and um, and I, I heard just over the last couple of days on the news that I was talking about the, the labour force in Australia at the moment and I was saying, just it was just a passing comment, I didn't know this though, that uh, they're saying half of Australia at the moment is sick. Half of Australia is under the weather. They're unwell. You know, they may not be off work, but they're not well. People are not half the, half the population. So, if you know, if you're feeling a little... Like, I just took some Nurofen before and I, I said to John and Shelley, sorry, guys, I'm keeping it real here. I'm getting over, as you might be able to tell from my voice, um, a virus. And there are so many things going around at the moment. There are so many things happening. and uh, And so... But God is our foundation and he is our hope. And, um, but, you know, in saying that, I want you guys to know that we, we, it's okay to have a hard day. It's okay to be real. It's okay to take a Nurofen. It's okay to acknowledge that it's tough. And, uh, to, and I actually think it's, it's not just okay, it's, it's normal. And it, it's, uh, you know, to be on our knees and to, to weep with those who weep and to lament and to feel the pain of those and suffering of those around us and, uh, you know, who, who are struggling or who are doing it tough. So, uh, you know, sometimes in the Christian life we think we have to jump, and we're going to talk about this in a moment with in Acts, but we think we have to jump to, uh, jump to the victory or jump to the joy and that it's okay to acknowledge this is, this is, this is tough. And maybe in that place, you know, God might birth a prayer in you or something in you. Something might be formed in us. And uh, sometimes we have this tendency where we want to push everything down and just be okay because we don't like that feeling. It's uncomfortable when things are not, uh, are not as they've always been, when things uh, are a bit different, um, you know, as they have been in society in recent times. And so, um, so let's, uh, yeah, jump into uh, the book of Acts and... Uh, I really enjoy uh, going through the book of Acts. I, I love looking at the early church because it was messy and it was full of really ordinary people like you and me trying to work it out and that gives me hope. 
and um, so those of you who you know maybe watching or here who you know uh, haven't haven't been uh, around or you're not sure where we're up to. So you know what's happened in Acts. We're we're, we're quite a way through it now, and Jesus has ascended. The Holy Spirit came in the upper room early in Acts, and incredible days happened where they met from house to house and they met at the temple and there was this idea of togetherness and sharing and had feeding programs and there was miracles and it was amazing. And, uh, you know, and then over that, during that time, Paul was miraculously converted and that was an incredible, uh, incredible miraculous conversion. This guy, Paul, uh, you know, uh, comes into the story. And then, you know, the followers of Jesus, the disciples and, uh, that, you know, and, and others that were being saved because the, the church was growing really, really quickly. Amazing things were happening. And, but they started to come under some persecution. And, uh, and from that persecution, uh, things got, you know, without sort of going into it all, you know, as things got messy and, and they kind of had to, people had to, had to move and they, had, they ended up dispersing. And, but in that, it was okay because as they... As they dispersed, they spread out from Jerusalem where they all were, which was like the epicenter of like revival, and that caused the message of, of Jesus to spread. And um, you know, in Acts Acts eight, Jesus had said, you know, um, that you'll receive power from on high, and to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So he'd said, you know, this thing's going to happen. This thing that's going to happen, you know, the church. It's not just going to be about this little location is going to spread. And so it did, it spread. And, and, uh, and so there were, people began to be sent out and, uh, and go on journeys. And, and, and there was this idea of um, a mission or being sent for a purpose. And, uh, and, we, and that's what we see the Apostle Paul doing in this section that we're, we're looking at today. And um, much of our New Testament is letters that were written back and forward, you know, from from these um, mission journeys and, uh, and and in those journeys there was there was pioneering there was preaching there was teaching there was pastors and leaders being raised up there was a lot of encouragement there was building of teams there was uh, evangelism there was lots of things that that happened as they were sent out and uh, and it, so it tells us in first corinthians nine twenty two, you know that paul had, had a, a goal of trying to find common ground with people as he went out. So it wasn't just like going out and smashing people around over the head with, you know, uh, uh, you know, repent and be baptised, although, he, you know, because we, sometimes we read that because it, it does say that, but actually he said he tried to find common ground with people and he, he worked with people and he built relationship with people. And so this message today is about the heart of Paul, the heart of a leader, in this part of scripture in uh, Ephesians 20, 16 to 38. And um, we might read from, uh, I think, maybe verse... Uh, we, we might read from 16. I'm not sure if I said 16, did I, guys? Yep. So what's happening is that um, Paul's come to the end of, a, of one of these trips and uh, he's on his way home. He's making his way back to Jerusalem and he's... He's really keen to speak to these uh, these guys, these people from, Ephes from um, these Ephesian elders, and it's, he has he knows he has this he knows and has uh, and says that he he realizes he will never see them again. This will be the last time he'll get to to have with them, 
And so he organises, he can't get to Ephesus, to where they are, it's, it's too hard and he, he's in a hurry to get back to Jerusalem, but he organises to meet them. He says, well, how about we meet here, you know, rather than me go all the way there, let's like, have a meeting place because I really want to hang out with you because this will be the last chance I'll get. And so what he chooses to say and do in this time with them, with, with them and, and what it says about Paul, I think is, uh, I think we can learn from. And so um, let's, um, let's read this part of scripture. I think it's going to be up on the screen or you could turn to it if you have a Bible with you. So um, we're going to look at, I'm going to read from verse 16. So Paul had decided to sail out past Ephesus for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for the festival of Pentecost. But when we landed in Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus asking them to come and meet him. When he arrived, he declared, you know uh, that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I've had one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I've preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault, for I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves and God's people, feed the sheep, sorry, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit appointed you as elders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember, the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day and my many tears for you. And now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. I never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And when he'd finished speaking, he uh, knelt and prayed with them. And they all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad, most of all, because he'd said he would never, they would never see him again. They escorted him down to the ship. It's a really moving uh, part of scripture, isn't it? I, I've probably read it before and maybe not thought as much about it, but I've been uh, considering or uh, probably looking at scripture more in recent times, um, trying to look through a fresh lens and, and, and see things from a different perspective than what I've seen them before. And, and, uh, and as I've looked at this, I... Uh, as I've, what I've noticed is Paul's deep love and affection and that uh, he had tears and he cried. And uh, I don't know what it is that you notice or what it is that you think it means to be a leader, but Paul's, uh, he's telling these guys here in this last opportunity he has to talk to them about what it's meant for him to be a leader. 
and we see here that he doesn't give them, you know, he doesn't talk about title and, and power and prestige. He talks about his deep affection. And, you know, I, I've, for me, I've had to relearn a lot of uh, what I had learned uh, through my Christian life about what, um, what being a leader is or what being someone that God might want to use looks like. Uh, I always assumed that it meant that you had to be someone who had a high capacity and you were skilled and gifted, like our great musicians who are here today. And I know for me, I, I thought, well, I don't have that. I love Jesus and I want to follow him and I want to do what he wants me to do. But I don't think I'm that gifted. You know, I'm not like the people up the front who look amazing and who have all these skills or who have these abilities or who have this you know, who can do these incredible things. And so I kind of wrote myself off and thought, I, I don't think I have what it takes. I don't know whether you've ever thought that, or maybe you are one of those incredible gifted people. But, um, you know, I think we're in an era now, um, where, you know, there's a shift in perspective on leadership, uh, which I think is good for us. Hopefully we've been in that era you know, I think we've been in that era for a while, but I think we, we are really um, facing some realities now and some truths. And, and, uh, and I, I think it's been, um, you, you know, it's a season of having to regain trust with people because many leaders in all, all sorts of, um, you know, whether it be um, in, in, in Christian leadership or whether it be in other forms of leadership across society have... Um, you know, have uh, have failed us, have, have failed people. And um, and when we look at some of those truths, they are hard. And, and I think that uh, they, they need, it, it's acceptable for us to, to kind of grieve um, the way that, you know, in the way that leaders have, have caused harm. And uh, and I, I think that's come from maybe, I don't know exactly what that's come from. I'm still working it out. It's like, I, I'm not quite sure. But I think maybe we've looked for the wrong qualifiers. And I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that uh, there were, were enough of a handful of people that kind of said to me, you don't have to have all those things. You have a call of God. You're going to be okay. And that I trusted God and kind of you know, even though it was awkward for me and it was difficult because I didn't think I was the superstar that I, I you know, was expected to be or should be, I kind of just stepped up. But I think how many people got ripped off? How many people have, how many people have you know, does God, has God wanted to use that, uh, you know, that have thought that they needed to be something different to what they are because we've been looking for the wrong qualifiers? So I want us to just look at uh, a few things that from these scripture that we just read. Uh, about Paul and about what we see about how he worked, uh, how he how he ministered, how he led, and uh, and what that might tell us. So he worked with a team. We see this right through right through Acts when when they when they get sent out when they he, when he initially uh, when they initially head off. Actually, in that meeting there that we talked about, we started on verse sixteen, but before that it says. Um, you know, there was a group of them. They were travelling together. He wasn't on his own. We kind of get that impression, and probably as I read it, it was in my head, he's there doing this big, you know, as the orator, giving this big spiel. But he was actually there with a team who he was travelling with. He'd been with, um, 
he'd been with, he'd gone off on this trip with Barnabas in the first place and, and John Mark had gone with them. And, and if you go back and you kind of go, oh, who was, who's who here? There's always others. There's always a group. Jesus, you know, Jesus had people around him, didn't he? And so working as a team, I think, is so important. And, you know, we, none of us on our own, um, uh, you know, we're not meant to do this on our own. Our, our gifts are meant to be, or our, our callings are meant to be worked out with one another. And um, just this week, um, or last week, Rowan... Um, did a podcast, interviews. Anyone listened to it yet? He hasn't really promoted it. It's not, like, you know, that exciting. But it was... Um, he got interviewed. I mean, it's, yeah, it's really good, but, I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, everyone, I got interviewed on a podcast, you know. Um, but I, I thought it was good. So he got interviewed on... I think it's called The 200. Is it called The 200? 200? Is that the one between them? Yeah. So it's this uh, guy in America runs this podcast called... The, this. I think it's Two Guys. See? Partnership. <laughs> Um, and it's all about churches that are under 200 because there's, that, there's lots of them. I mean, it's, uh, I should have got the stats, but do you know what the stats are? Anyway, there are a lot of churches that are under 200 or certainly under 100 in Australia. I, we could give you stats on it and they're massive amount. The, the larger churches are a uh, much smaller percentage, as great as they are. And um, anyway, this, this guy had asked, he interviewed Rowan and... Um, one of the things he said, so he asked all about, you know, they had a mutual friend, you know, connection, contact that he, this guy had heard about our churches through and he said, oh, tell me about you guys and how do you even say those words, the rule, and, you know, he's like, it's really cool just to hear, the, um, just to see him, them trying to pronounce our areas that we live. But um, he was saying, you know, he's asking Rowan all these questions, oh, so you have these locations and how's that work? And Rowan's really trying to explain to him, look, it's really you know, it's not a big, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to think it's some grand thing. We're just ordinary, everyday Christians. He's just trying to really normalise what, that it's not about us here at the front, it's about all of us. And um, he said, this guy says to him kind of near the end, so what's your superpower? What's your, what's your thing, you know? What's your edge? What's your superpower? And Rowan's like, oh, you know what? And he hadn't given Rowan the questions before and Rowan didn't know what he was going to ask him. And he goes, oh, I don't know. And he goes, I, I think, do you know what I, I think? Honestly, my superpower is that I realise I don't have a superpower. And, um, and, I, and I thought that was really cool. And it's not like self-depreciating, oh, I'm nothing, I'm a worm, I have no use, you know. But it's just like, I don't have to have a superpower. I don't have to be the superstar. I don't have to be the amazing person. I'm just me, being me, filled with him. Because how amazing is he? And, and ready and willing and saying, Lord, send me, use me today, tonight, tomorrow, you know, like use me in, in, in the ordinariness of life. Because most of life is going to be everyday ordinariness. Yeah, we might have some wonderful times and we all love the fuzzy moments and the revivals and the, and the you know, and, that, and, and they had that in, here in Acts. They had that really cool time, but they also had a lot of everydayness. And a lot of Paul's writings are about the everyday hard slog of what life looked like. You know, he, he talks about that he had... Uh, oh, sorry, I'll go back to my notes. I'll go back to my notes, okay. He, so he relied... So he, he, he worked with the team. He relied on the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
and and you know he was relying on the on the Holy Spirit to take. He says here the Holy I'm the Spirit is leading me back to Jerusalem, even though he also says that he knows he's going to face jail and suffering when he gets there. I mean, you could think, well, oh, okay, I've had a I've had a you know I've had a vision. I'm going to face jail and suffering. Never go back to Jerusalem. <laughs> Don't go there. But he's like, well, the Spirit's leading me back there, so I'm going to go back, even though I know that's what I face. Okay. He was aware of his own need. Sorry, he was aware of his own need of God. He was aware that he needed God. He, he wasn't the super guy that had it all together, that, you know, got enough faith on the day of his conversion that he never had to ask God for anything again. He relied on God. He was, he, he was vulnerable. He, in his storytelling, it blows my mind that I've not seen this before. In his storytelling, he's so honest. He's so real. He's so vulnerable. He did not make the team, the people who he was ministering to, reliant on him. It tells us in, um, in verse 28, he says, Guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's uh, flock, his church. Uh, sorry, verse, yeah, down to verse, because um, he said some people are going to rise up and distort the truth. And he says in verse 31, watch out, watch out. Remember the years I was with you and watch out. And, and you know, and he's like, oh, and I'm going to, I entrust you to God and he will build you up and give you what you need, what you need uh, because you, you know, because he's, he's given you an inheritance with, and, and he's going to set you apart for himself. So he's, He's saying, God, 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 will, God will do the work. I trust him to do the work. I don't want you, you don't have to be reliant on us. You don't have to be reliant on the leaders here. We want to minister to you as, as shepherds. We want to bring what God has uh, and, and, and lead you in a godly way. But we don't need you, we don't, I don't want us to be people who cause you to rely on us. We want you, we want all of us to rely on the Holy Spirit. So yeah, he didn't make them rely on, on him. He says, you know, he even said, uh, but, you know, use your own discretion. Don't be naive. Like he says that language, watch out. You know, you watch out. Think for yourself. You learn to guard yourself. And I, I love that because for a long time in my Christian life, I, was, I had the sense that oh, if I just followed the leader, I didn't have to think about anything because they would lead me well. And I think, I think that was a bit, I think that was a bit off because we actually need to take responsibility. It's not wrong to follow a leader. It's not wrong. But I think we, they're not perfect. Paul wasn't perfect. He's telling us here about his, his own needs, his own challenges uh, and, and his own difficulties. His, 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 uh, you know, his letters are, are full of the reality of, of what he was facing. But he doesn't... Uh, you know, he's so he's he's honest, and he'll and he'll tell us those things, and he'll, um, yeah, he'll be real in that. Sorry, went off off track. <laughs> he accepted, uh, he accepted where he was at. You know, I, I I think we we just need to accept where we're at. You know, he he accepted that this is who he was, this is where he was going, this is what his calling was, and he didn't have to have anything more beyond that. You know, he wasn't too proud to work a humble job when he needed to, uh, to, to supply his own needs. He had that flexibility. He went off and he worked as a tent maker for a while. He did that. Yes, he took 
the call seriously, uh, that he wanted to finish the work that was assigned to him. But he thought, you know what, if, if I have to, if, if, that, if, how I, if there has to be flexibility around how that happens, that's okay too, because I trust God. And uh, so he didn't just give us his highlight reel. He, his letters are not, you know, not full of the highlight reel. We do, we do get some of the great stories and some of the, the you know, the incredible things that happen in the encounters. And, but it's not like, oh, this is the, this is the list of achievements, uh, you know, and... And that's all we get. We get truth. We get honesty. He tells us with many tears in, in verse 19. He says, uh, with many, I've done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I've endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back. He mentions tears a couple of times there. And then in the very, at the very end, when it says he finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them and they cried as they embraced and they kissed. And, you know, and all that tells me that... Uh, there's something in that, the tears and the emotion and the authenticity of his life before God and, and in the presence of others. He wasn't like, oh, you know, I need to hold it all together here. I need to be the man of God. And, you know, I shouldn't really show emotion. It probably isn't the appropriate thing to do. He's like, he's telling, he's not only crying in front of them and with them as they hug and embrace. He's telling them, I've had tears about this. I've, I've, you know, that's part of his story. It's a part of the narrative of, of how he's led and what he's done. And, um, and so he, he, yeah, he took the call seriously, but he, there was certainly hardship and pain. There was suffering, there was grief, there was disappointment. You know, he suffered loneliness. He, he, he's telling us these things honestly, and we really get a sense of, of his heart in this. And uh, I hope that, um, that today, just as we, we draw to a close, that, you know, as we, as we think about, about Paul, maybe we change our perspective on him. We often think of some of the, 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 the strong leadership things he says, but we don't, you know, and, and we think, oh, you know, he, you know, and like we do with other characters in the Bible, we kind of pull those things out and say, you know, that's the pin-up kind of moment. But really, we see in the life of Paul so much more than that, so much richness of uh, his own devotional relationship with God, his humility, his need of God, like I said. And uh, so I, uh, I, I really believe that we need to be uh, people of conviction. Like I said, it's not... Uh, and passion, because this is what we see come across here. We see God's heart. Uh, and, and passion, but we definitely see a strong conviction and he took seriously that he was called. And, uh, but I think in that we need to be surrounded by people who can walk out the call with us. And, um, you know, that, that's one of the things that, that Rowan and I really, really believe. And I know, um, you know, Edwina and, and Paul and the rest of the team here, we, we want to we wanna work together. We don't want to be people who are like a, you know, um, one-man band type thing. We want people to go, yeah, I think your judgment's a bit off yeah, there. Like, we want to be people of conviction and go, oh, I think that's what, wow, you know, like, I, I believe this is what we need to do. Let's not shrink back and let's stand up for our convictions and what God's called us to do. But let's see, uh, let's see relationship and community as being how God works in and through us. And... Um, 
And won't you stand to your feet and we're going to pray in just a moment. The band wants to come, come back. And I think that, um, you know, I just, in this hour that we're in, where um, the world's in a funny place and the church is in a funny place and, you know, some people are saying that the Western church is, you know, it's going to take years to recover from COVID and post, you know, um, lockdown era and all the stuff that's happened in society and in politics and in American politics and blah, blah, blah and all of that. And, and we don't really know. Like, we don't know. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know. We don't have certainty. But I take heart and I, and I want us to take heart in that we have this that we have this Bible and we have these scriptures and we have these stories that tell us that the early church in Acts, they were just working it out and they didn't really have it all, all sorted out at all. But they had one thing and or they had they had something. Some one one thing they had was hope. Something else they had was they looked to Jesus and they knew that every day he would guide them and he would direct them and he would give them what uh, what they needed. And, and when you know when Jesus said, you know, you my power is going to come upon you from on high to do all of these things, they believed that and power did come upon them from on high. And we have that same power. And so I believe that that um, the Spirit is upon us for this hour, whatever we need personally and in, uh, and, that he, and, that, and that the Spirit will work, would, the Spirit will work in and through us, that we would be salt and light and that this is our, our, is our hour, even though we might be part of the 50% of the population that's not feeling great right now, like keep it real. You know, we might not be feeling great, we might think, oh, no, it's not up to me. I'm not, I'm not my best right now. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm feeling in the doldrums because it's all, you know, it's been pretty tough and I get it. You know, guys, I have days where I'm, I don't think um, I'm like not dancing around the house in joy, put it that way. You know, I'm, I'm, I have days where I'm, where I'm humbly before God saying, Lord, you know, I, I need you to uh, keep working in my life. I need you. Uh, and, I, and I know my need of you. And, uh, and so I want us to be able to just be people who come before him and, and say, use me, Lord, however you would want to use me. And, uh, and that if, he, if he's calling you to something, if he has, a, uh, if he has something that he, you feel like he's set you apart for or you feel like he's, he's whispering to you about or you feel like he's leading to you, you towards... I want you to be courageous in this hour and not think, oh, it wouldn't be me because I don't really have that much gifting or ability. Because these scriptures tell us that God used ordinary people and, uh, and they, they look to the extraordinary God that we have. And he worked in and through them and, and did amazing things and he will do amazing things again in this era. And that is our hope. So let's pray together as we finish. Lord, I thank you for these wonderful people that love you and that are here together in this church and those that are watching online, those that are not able to be here today. And we thank you that uh, even though we don't really completely understand everything about the time we're in because it's, it's a little different to uh, a season, any season we've had before, uh, I pray that uh, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be overwhelmed 
But I pray that we would be able to have that hope in you deep within us that regardless of, you know, as you know, even though we, we may not be feeling 100% in ourselves or that circumstances around us may be frustrating and like Ali said, you know, our, our plans might have to change because of, you know, it takes an hour to get somewhere, it should take five minutes and all those annoying things that can just, circumstances that can wear us down and and just things that are, are shifting in, um, in and around us that we can't control. Lord, I pray that uh, that wouldn't um, take us out, that we'd be people in, in this hour that, like the, like the early church uh, w- uh, was, that lean into you, lean into the Spirit, and, uh, and we thank you that you're faithful and that, um, you know, Paul said, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, he said he could do all things through you because you strengthened him. And so we just ask for that again today, Lord, that we would be, um, we'd have that humility of Paul, that we would work together as a team, we'd look to one another, we wouldn't try to do things on our own. Lord, help us to be humble enough to, to share our burdens with each other, to share our joys, to share our lives like the early church did. Lord, would you show us the way forward and we trust you with all that we are. Amen. listening to this week's message from our church. We pray that you feel empowered by what you've heard today. We hope that you can stay connected by following us online. You can find us at C3 Camden on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube or visit our website at www.c3camden.church. You always will be.